0: Hi guys, welcome to the Spoken Podcast, um, episode 10. Can't believe we've managed to do 10 episodes. Um, I'm here today with Prue Howard from Savvy Style and Training. Prue, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I feel like I just got whiplash (laughs) turning around to you.
1: Thanks for inviting me along. Uh, Yeah, again. Again. Again,
0: yes. So we're trying a new style out today. which could be very interesting. It could look horrific. It could look amazing. But who knows, Prue?
1: As long as I look younger and slimmer, it'll
0: be fine. Well, yeah, <laughs> Pete, <laughs> do your work. <laughs> All right, cool. So, icebreaker first. Okay. Your fantastic five songs.
1: Okay. So you know I'm greedy. Yes. Or I can't count one of the two. So. <laughs> yes.
0: We could have fifteen songs here.
1: <laughs> no, it's not that many. <laughs> um, first one is "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." Amazing, Marvin Gaye, yeah. Just because it's so uplifting, every time I hear it, I can't help but sing it. It does actually raise my spirits. Yeah, that's cool. Um, free Donovan Frankenwriter, who is an Aussie um, acoustic guitarist who um, is a surfer from up at Cotton Tree yep. area. Um, so yeah, so him. It's it's easy listening. It's a bit like Jack Johnson, but cool. not as yeah. yeah
0: that's awesome yeah that's cool
1: um, dear future husband Megan yep. trainer, simply because I like the positive body image yeah. that it gives and it's you know it's sort of towards bursting the bubble of the perfection of the Instagram yep. images um, anything Dolly Parton because that's my go-to at a uh, karaoke that's yeah <laughs> that is absolutely
0: amazing I love that
1: <laughs> um, Hotel California
0: classic. Eagles classic working class man oh, yeah. yeah
1: and last one Ben on the Run by Paul McCartney. That's right. Which reminds me of camping as a kid with my dad. The best song. Yeah.
0: Literally the best song ever. Yeah. I love that. All right, my favourite. Okay. All right. As I've told you, I have to do this every single time I do a <laughs> podcast with people. So these aren't my five favourite songs, but they're my five favourite this week, which today. I've been listening to. Yeah, kind of today. So, all right, I've got Benny and the Jets, Elton oh, yeah. John. Everything She Wants by Wham. I'm a bit of a Wham fan, so I've gone again. I know, it's like, like I want Hello. the hair. Um, vibing. I vibing. definitely want the Wham hair. <laughs> um, I'm Your Man, Wham. Yep. Tiny Dancer, Elton John. And then Rich Girl by Hall and Oates. Oh, I know, she's a a
1: rich. Rich Girl, that one. The best one. Yeah.
0: I love it. I'm definitely a massive Hall and Oates fan, which is hilarious. Everyone's like, Hmm, Didn't picture that, but there you go. (laughs) That's the whole point of the pod, Prue, you know? Absolutely. All right, okay, cool. Let's dive into it. Savvy style and training. Yes. Tell the fans, explain (laughs) your story. So obviously, um, so how I've met Prue, so a friend of a friend, my mother, Dee Thomas. Yes. Which is great, she knows everyone. So yeah, Prue's gonna be doing training with our barber and hairdressing students as well as our staff, Um, a lot on the mental health side of things, but also um, one thing which I was really attracted um, to Prue's type of training was like that business coaching element as well. Yeah, Um, Because that's one thing like, yeah, you can come in here and to the mental health field, but definitely, I even know like when we sit down for coffee and stuff, which I tell you every time I speak to you, um, but it's like, I I pick up things from that, which you're probably not even trying to do. No. It's just our general conversation and I'm like, oh, that's amazing, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> and like, And I'm like, nudge no, him. I'm going like that. I'm, write that down, write that down. So it's, I don't wanna say it's, um, cause I know it's not just mental health no. training, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you could give a, um, and it doesn't have to be brief, please don't skimp out on anything because I think this is really important for everybody to know exactly what you do because especially the way that you do it um, is just so unique. Like what I've said to you last time, I just love the the kind of, the, the reason behind the actual savvy style yeah, and training how, as well. So
1: how it came about. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so it's been nearly nine years. Unreal. Since I um, started, and in that time, I so I used to do a lot of volunteer work. Yeah, um, and I was a volunteer crisis counsellor with Lifeline, so suicide in progress. But prior to that, I'd done about fifteen years of you know working with different um, community organisations, doing volunteer work, and. I that was my that was my voluntary side and yep. then my paid side. So in my career, I was in sales and marketing, um, and I was um, the last job I suppose I had was um, working with a high-end um, accessories, fashion jewelry, that sort of stuff uh, company. And what I know, which noticed, can
0: tell by the way, look ah. at the lovely earrings. <laughs> I love it. Mum always says, she's like, oh, Bruce Style is amazing. <laughs> like that. So, yeah.
1: I went and did a personal stylist course, actually, to help so with, cool. the, with the program. So, so cool. So what I noticed is working in community and, you know, with um, counselling people and so forth, that whilst it, it's a great space to be in and, and, you know, they do offer support for a lot of people, I noticed that there wasn't a strong focus on moving forward. Yep. Um, so, and also... You know, I have a really strong passion that with the right reframing, we can actually start to view our lives differently and any trauma or any, um, crisis that we've been, you know, part of, we can actually start to step away and not be so it's not who we are. So we can disconnect from the identity of that. So, um, so in that community space, you know, I identified that there, um, there's a gap in moving forward and in the sales and marketing space, so I was like accessorizing women and all that sort of stuff. And I know that when I dress them up, they, you know, they would swing their hips, and you know, if I asked them to model it, and off they'd go, and you know, it was yeah. you know, it was fantastic to watch. But I knew the minute they took that accessory off, or they went and washed their hair for the first time, or they went and put their normal clothes on, you know, if you gave them a makeover and so forth, but they went back to feeling like shit again. Yep. So the concept came about that I understood that you can't just style people from the outside. You have to style them from the inside out. Yeah, awesome. So savvy style and training is all about. So we start with internal dialogue. We start to reprogram. You know the messages that we're telling ourselves. We start to emotionally disconnect from. You know that negative committee that meets in everybody's brain. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I that, do. That it, you know makes us overthink things and you know second guess everything and what have you. To start to emotionally disconnect. So I call it Frank you know, because it's not me. And so then yep. you can obviously say, if i Frank."
0: Yeah, I that's love that. That's
1: so not true what you're saying, <laughs> you know, or...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Cool. So, that.
1: um, yeah, so, so it's about giving them like strategies, simple, easy to understand strategies that I back up with stories and examples because we all know as trainers that, you know... Um, students will only ever take away 15 percent of what it is that we say but if we embed the lesson in a story they'll remember the story yeah absolutely and in telling them a story they can also then recognize certain behaviors that are going on in their own lives and then they're able to start to make a positive change so it's about creating a big ripple effect so if i teach you basic cognitive behavior strategies and therapy then you can't help but start to recognise what's going on in your own life. You can apply that in the workplace in how to manage other um, behaviours and traumas and you know things that are going on. But also you're going to go and teach people. Yeah. And I really encourage everyone, you know, go home and teach, because you know it's the Gardner theory of teach, to, you know, teach to learn. So if I go home and try and teach you, what happens is I go, oh shit, I didn't quite understand that thoroughly. So I can yeah. go back and ask more questions. Or I then embed it, so then it becomes part of my language. And then with practice, and as we tell more people, it starts to actually shift people's paradigms so how they see themselves in their world, and it also shifts their behaviours as well. Yeah. And what I noticed is when I was working with um, like DV survivors and, and so forth... Um, that what happened is once you taught them all of those skills, they slowly, as their self-esteem and so forth um, built, and they became more confident about putting in new boundaries and um, that sort of thing, what happened is then when we finished with the makeover, what what happens is everyone around them goes, oh, my God, you look so different. And it's often the first time they see their true potential. You know, because if they've seen themselves as you know, a victim or I'm never gonna to amount to anything or whatever. And you've worked on their self-esteem all the way along and reprogrammed, you know, or showed them how to reprogram their internal dialogue and challenge that negative committee. What happens is you then give them a makeover and everyone around them steps back and goes, oh my God, who are you I'm not sure I know you anymore yeah and that is their window of opportunity to go and you're not gonna treat me like that anymore
0: yeah that's cool. as well
1: so yeah so that's why it's styling from the inside out yeah um, and there's also a big focus on um, so legacy or personal brand so what is your personal brand who do you want to be in the world because if you become very clear so begin with the end in mind which is a business strategy yep. Um, if you become very clear about what it is that you want people to have said about you, so say you were to die tomorrow, what do you want people to have said about you in your eulogy? Yeah. And if they're not going to say that right now, then you need to work backwards and go, well, who do I need to become? So that's what they say. So that personal brand, which is, and that all comes from business strategies and so forth. And I've just applied it to psychology, basically.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I I remember when you said that to me when we were having a coffee and I was like, I wonder what people would think of me. And I was like, (laughs) it wasn't good. Um, No, it was good. It's just I can still work on stuff, which I want to work on. Um, So I don't know if trigger is the right word, but was there anything which made you really want to go into this like was it just a passion was it something which you were like oh i wouldn't mind going into that did something happen personally with you or was it like to go into that kind of career you know what i mean because normally it is somebody goes like oh yeah i had this happen to me so i went into that for example or we hear it a lot from the barbers it's like oh i used to hang out with my barber so often i was like what a cool job i would love to be a barber so yeah it's like yeah it's a very yeah, I suppose, how was that? How did you decide on that pathway? Was it just the fact like, well, I wanna help people, like I wanna train people, or was it, yeah?
1: Um, so I have always, even in my year 12 yearbook, um, Cameron, who was our um he's fantastic at art he um drew like the peanut series so which is snoopy yep. did you look it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> i did look it up yeah, yeah i was like so right, okay. um
1: so the snoopy series which is the peanut series um he drew. he drew me in a um so peppermint patty is it peppermint patty Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he drew me in a, um, the counsellor is in. Yep. Um, so I was always that person Amazing. Um, at school. But I also ended up in a DV relationship yep. when I um, was quite young. And I was in that relationship for about six and a half years. And I got to the end of that and I realised that I had to work on me. Yep so that I didn't then continue to have that pattern of relationships in my life. So I teach in all of my programs, you are teaching people how to treat you in this world by what you allow, what you condone, and how you present yourself. Mm. That gives people, you know, so if you're not happy with your life, the good thing is you're actually in the driver's seat to change that. Yeah. So, you know, it was about taking responsibility. Did I at no stage do I think I deserved the relationship that I was in? Yeah. But I understood that I had attracted that because that's what I actually thought that I deserved. Mm. So, um and I didn't have those boundaries in place that when certain things happened in the initial stages that I should have spoken up then. Yeah. And my gut feeling was I shouldn't pursue this relationship and I ignored that gut feeling. Yeah. So I think that in working with others and teaching these strategies it gives them an opportunity to step back in their own lives and go okay so what am I enabling in my life? Yeah. How what do I need to implement in order to shift those patterns of behavior? So it so does that make sense? Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so, yeah so that was it and I,
0: very interesting because i
1: had to teach myself i think it's funny you know if something comes really naturally to you you get to the end and people go wow how did you do that you go oh, i don't know yeah whereas if you weren't good at something and you <laughs> had to fail quite a few times yep. you have to go back to the drawing board you've got to self-analyze you've got to like really break it down and be able to work out what steps i needed to do to become good at something. Yeah. And it's the same with building my personal brand, my self-esteem and boundaries in place. So yeah.
0: Is there, um, like I know you were mentioning about when you were doing your volunteer work for Lifeline and stuff like that, was there anything where there would be a bit of a trigger of what obviously happened to you when you were younger in a relationship? Like, or is that now something you've worked on where if that did come up, then, I mean, obviously you were quite happy to just speak about it then, And um, is it something which it does, if it comes up, you're like, oh, geez, like, I don't want to talk about that. Cause that's my,
1: uh, no, I don't feel that, I don't feel that way. So when you actually do the course to be able to work at Lifeline, volunteer at Lifeline, it, it's for six months. Yeah. It's, it's really intense. And You know, you do group facilitation and you are constantly practicing on your, you know, your other um, students and so forth. And the whole lot is facilitated and supervised by qualified counsellors. So they don't actually let you out onto the public without you having worked through a lot of, um, you know, your own stuff. But... I kind of proudly say it now because, look, it massively changed my life for the better because I decided to learn what I needed to to break that pattern of behaviour. So, and for me, I think, you know, because I've worked with DV survivors and I work with youth who, you know, have DV in their families and all the rest of it, and I know... They're often shocked to hear that. That's what my story is. Yeah. So you know, for me, it's about potentially inspiring them. And I don't. I don't associate that with my identity at all anymore. Yeah. I don't feel like um, a victim. I don't even call myself not a survivor because I worked hard. Yeah, to exactly. make that happen. Yeah. So you know, it's there's no there was no. Um, I don't give my power away around that. I I know that I worked hard to make that happen. So, yeah.
0: yeah. The only reason why I've gone into that is obviously because I know one thing which a lot of our students say is they still suffer with those triggers. So when they're speaking to, um, like when they're speaking to an actual client, for example, and a client may say something, instantly it's like they kind of like they're, their brain shuts off or they go, oh, that reminds me of the past. And then it's like slippery slope kind of thing. They go like they're up here, then they're down there, the roller coaster kind of effect. So that was the only reason why I mentioned that because like it's difficult because I still have my triggers with stuff. And uh, like a lot of barbers will go like, oh, like how do you, and I go, well, I don't. Like I'm not at that point yet where I'm like, there was stuff that happened like through my 20s and it's it's kind of like well i haven't got over that and when it gets brought up by somebody else who obviously doesn't know what i went through yeah then it's kind of like i may shut off and seem really rude and like i don't want to talk about that whereas they may go oh geez like i was actually which is bad because i know it's all about we should be talking to each other and everything like that but yeah, there's.
1: Yeah, but you still have to keep yourself safe too. And if yeah. you're not ready to talk about it, yeah, like I definitely had, you know, a lot of shame around it back in that, you know, and I didn't. It was my fault, and I should have done this, and blah blah blah, and yeah. you know, all of that sort of thing that that comes with it. But that's not a trigger for me anymore. And I suppose because I have done so much work around that, if something does, you know. Um, trigger me not necessarily around that but around other things because we're all human that's just a natural part of life i'm i've done enough work to go actually that's your stuff yeah you need to work through that yeah um and i have worked in enough um situations with you know because i work with um like as I said, DV survivors, there's a lot of behavioural issues that can, if, particularly if they've only just left, yeah. um, not always, but you know, that um, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of reactive behaviour, all that kind of stuff. And that's actually just part of getting over the trauma when you when you come out of that. But the same as, you know, working with youth and what have you. So I'm used to being in that situation where um, those big behaviours and those big emotions are coming at me.
0: Yeah
1: but i understand that what part of the brain they're operating out of so there's actually no point in reacting it's not about me yeah when they're behaving that way it's not about me um and if something does trigger me i'm like i step away and i'll go okay you need to work on that is that you know do you need to go and see um a psychologist now just to debrief which yeah. I do once a year, it's yeah. my dumping ground yeah. um, before I go on Christmas holidays. Or do I need to up my ante around, you know, as you know, it's for me it's more, mental health can have a negative connotation. Yep. So I'm starting to reframe and rebrand that to mental fitness so that yeah. we're taking a proactive approach rather than reactive. So if I'm noticing that I'm, you know, getting short-tempered or, you know, anything like that, I know that that is potentially burnout or, yeah, I need to go back to ground.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting that you say that. that. I don't suffer from a short temper, as, as <laughs> my hand says. Hello, how's your hand going? It's getting a lot better. <laughs> it's not the best. Um, but, yeah, it's... See, I, know that I don't want to say it's because I'm getting older that I'm starting to... Go like, all right, that's stupid. Like, when I did that, I was like, that's so stupid what I did. But I think it is, like, it's it's not me getting older. It's actually me training myself, surrounding myself with better people. Better people's big, um, like...
1: Well, people with a higher emotional intelligence exactly. who know how to manage their own emotions a bit better.
0: Absolutely. Like, it's... Um, well mum will be able to tell you what I used to be like and I would like to think that I'm getting so much better thanks to medication um but also like like what I mentioned to you I've been doing breast work like the cold showers and stuff like that and it's pretty funny um I was speaking to Kieran about it last night and he was kind of like do you think it works and I was like I went, oh, I actually do, yeah. And I wish you would have asked me this a year ago. I would have gone, it's absolute shit. Like, it's a, it's a load of bollocks, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, but I was like, so I've always had this massive fear of speaking in front of people, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hate it. Like, I have a massive, like, I get, I sweat like hell. I'm like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, get all shaky. Um, but what I've started to do, because obviously we've been speaking in front of
1: doing presentations, 40 odd people,
0: yeah, yeah. um, doing presentations. I've been doing a little bit of press work before it. Yeah, and good. it was like, I felt like the presentation went well, but I was like, I didn't feel nervous. I felt quite confident in speaking about, but it also helps. I'm speaking about something I'm very passionate about as well. Yeah. Um, and I think this is why this podcast could go on for about five and a half hours because we're both obviously very passionate about the topic, your training and everything. So yeah, which we won't, everyone's like, oh my goodness, this goes for five and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, everybody's going to be like, oh, okay. Um, all right, cool. So what's, what, this is a difficult question, I suppose. But what's, I don't want you to give away your training either, okay. which is the kind of the, this is where I need to be careful about how I word this, but what's some kind of like key, I suppose, topics, which you will, Kind of covering your training or what you would like to cover in your training both with our college in general but with savvy style and training like in the future like what's the kind of what's the real topics which you think this needs to be out there like that we need to kind of get this and this could be a an hour long yeah. <laughs> conversation yeah. as well but yeah it's um,
1: i think definitely challenging those internal that internal dialogue um reframing our trauma to not be our identity so so putting it for example if you're so i worked with a lady not so long ago who was in one of my groups and she had been assaulted and that assault was the catalyst for she just couldn't cope at all she um was suicidal you know blah 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 attempted um and over time so over a six week period we were able to reframe that that she had in a fa- in fact given all of her power to something that was 10 minutes of her life yeah versus 50 odd years of other yep. so it's not that it wasn't important but it was disproportionate how much of her identity and power she had given to 10 minutes mm. so so that sort of thing showing yeah. you know helping people to reframe those sorts of things um understanding that mental health needs to be proactive not reactive yeah so mental fitness um
0: God, the list is so long. I know. This is the thing. That's why I was like, it's a tricky question because literally there is so much to kind of cover. The The major thing which I kind of wanted to, and this is what I've been telling students as well, because I think a lot of people, when they just think of mental health, they just go, oh, suicide. Yeah. Like that. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. It's like this. It's a pathway. Exactly. That's sort of like,
1: you know, if you look at it like a... um, you know, there's a spectrum.
0: Yeah. From
1: people who are self-diagnosing because they may not have a language around emotions. Yeah. So they are saying, "I'm really anxious, or I've got anxiety, or you know, I'm depressed, and what have you." And it could be um, this is de- I'm definitely not belittling or yeah 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 100%. making small of it. Yeah. Um, it can just be. For some of those that actually I'm feeling really anxious. That person intimidates me. This thing that I have to do, I feel overwhelmed by having to do this or I'm really, I'm having a bad day. I'm a bit flat, you know, I, I just don't feel like I've got the energy. You know what, does that make sense? Absolutely. Then you have people on the other end who have gotten to the stage where they... There is no... For them, they can't see hope for a better future. And that's where suicide is potentially.
0: It's... um, Do you think... This is just my opinion, by the way, which means absolutely nothing. But I've found a lot more... um, Like, even my kind of friendship group, I could say... My mates back home are my age. Yeah. Old. um, (laughs) But a lot of my mates over here are younger. Because it was just... That was how it kind of worked out. Um, And I can already see like the differences. If I reached out to somebody from back home, I would expect them to go like, all right, okay. And it would be a conversation, like a proper conversation. Yeah. Whereas over here, I don't think I could do that, if that makes sense. In what way? Like kind of, like I, I, I don't think they see the kind of the mental, Fitness or mental health side of it, the same. They kind of think like, oh he's not really depressed." Like if I was Over there or like, here, yeah, here. Here? okay, yeah." So I think because back home it's so normal for people to be depressed. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I love Wales and I'll always be Welsh, but this a shit. All yeah. like it's just like miserable. Like it's great I see, all the oh, time. I
1: think it's got a lot to do with the weather.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. Whereas Absolutely. here,
1: we, you know, like, we don't have that. Yeah. Except for recently.
0: Well, and but that's the thing also. You can even tell with students when they're coming in, it's like, everybody's moping around like this. And I'm like, oh, geez, imagine if you lived in a country where it was, like, it was 24-7. So, yeah, it's just like, it, it seems to be, they don't take it as a joke, but it just seems to be that everybody, like what you said, is self-diagnosing. So sometimes yeah. people can just brush it to the side. Yeah. Whereas... Like a,
1: but it is an Aussie thing. She'll be right, mate. Yeah. Just get on with it. All that kind of stuff. So there is still a stigma here that it's weak to speak. Yep. And that's why you've got organisations such as Living. You know what exactly. I mean? That you know where they say it ain't weak. To, it ain't weak to speak. And it's really interesting, you know. You see that people, you know, particularly on Are you Okay Day, you know, they put it all over social media and all the rest of it. But the reality is, if you're not okay very few people are courageous enough
0: absolutely to
1: come up and say and it's funny you know because i say in my programs if you really if you're really concerned about somebody it's not are you okay it's the second okay yeah it's actually and it takes courage to do the second okay so if i said to you you know hey gareth how are you you know you, yeah, are you? yeah i'm okay I'm <laughs> yeah but if my gut feeling was that you actually weren't okay yeah this is what I say to people. I go, you know what? My gut feeling says that I don't think that you actually are okay. Yeah. I understand if you're not ready to talk about it, but I need you to know that I see you mm-hmm. and if you're if you ever want to talk about it or when you're ready to talk about it, you have a safe place here with me.
0: That's very interesting. I wanted to bring this up on the podcast as well. <laughs> so you know the diary of a CEO. Yes. My favorite podcast ever. I've just started ever. to listen to it, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. So the latest one, um, he speaks with, do you know Spandet Ballet? Spandell Ballet. So the um, Martin Kemp, who's the bass player in that, his son is a radio host back home. Okay. Um, so he was speaking about it, basically what happened to him. His producer on the radio show worked with each other seven days a week for six years then boom, killed himself. So he was kind of like, and he did a bit of a program on it and everything like that. And he said, the the thing which I've started to do now is, I'll ask everybody, are you okay? But I'll ask them twice. Yeah. Right. So they'll go it's like- It's so
1: important and it's, pre- it's see- scary the second time. It is yeah. scary the second time because you're actually cutting through all the ego, all yep. the bullshit and going, you know what? I actually see you and I see that you're not okay.
0: Yeah, it was like, it really hit home because my kind of experience with it was exactly the same thing my mate did the same thing and he was kind of saying like i should have just asked him if he was okay and stuff like that and And i I felt the same yeah people
1: must you must listen to your gut feeling yeah no one is ever going to go i don't want to be your friend anymore because you cared about me
0: yeah yeah it's very true it's um yeah i don't know it's a very interesting podcast. I should, I'll leave you listen to it. I know you'll listen to it anyway, yeah. but it was kind of like there was a lot of stuff which happened in that where I was like, that hit home and it hit home hard. Um, like well, it was crazy, crazy. Yeah. Well, it's the
1: same as Guy Sebastian, you know, he did that song about his friend who committed yeah. suicide and he worked with him, you know, all that time and he, he didn't know, yeah, you know, it's it, it, it happens, it does happen, you know, and I just. I don't know, for me, if I have, I just think that that's, that's what we need to be doing as human beings. If somebody goes a bit quiet or, you know, you haven't heard from somebody for a while or, you know, your yeah. gut feeling is, is there's something wrong, I always reach out, yeah. always reach out. And I think it's because of, you know, so when we're here at Lifeline, when you're, um, you know, part of a suicide in progress, they're calling because there is an ambivalence and often you know when people hit that stage there's part of them that doesn't want to and then there's a part of them that does want to yeah and that's the ambivalence and if you can reach out to somebody when your gut feeling is there's something wrong then you don't know that could be the reason they don't.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's exactly what he said.
1: It's likely they will never, ever tell you. You will never, ever know that. But you just have to follow that. And and maybe it is because I've worked with people who were suicide in progress. I don't have a fear around that. And I think it's because I understand that I'm not responsible for giving them the answer. Yeah, yeah. I'm responsible for connecting with them and letting them know that they matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's the, that's also the thing which we're trying to say to the barbers, because I think, and hairdressers, sorry. Um, it's like, I think they think that doing training will mean if somebody came to me and said, I'm thinking about killing myself, that they would go, okay, yeah. cool. Sit down, I'll fix all your problems yeah. for you. And it's like, it's it's not like that. It's um, It's about like what you said, how to deal with that and how to then Kind how of to respond. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: how, so. to, how to be there for them and how to take away the fear around the conversation so that you can actually be present for that person, not going, holy shit, holy shit, holy yeah. shit, what do I say? What do I say? And that's actually a human response. In, yeah. In, and that's also because we take response, you know, we like, oh my God, I don't want the responsibility of this person's choices to be on me. but to be empathetic and to be effective as somebody in their trauma state, it's just to walk alongside them. Yeah. I remember, um, one particular call that I had, he, you know, this particular person was a bikie and their life story was horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it was a suicide in progress. And, you know, our job as a counsellor is to walk alongside them. So you can imagine it's just two, I always think of ducks, I don't know why, <laughs> uh, going down into a valley. And at the bottom of the valley is like their lowest part. Yeah. And we got to that lowest part and I was going, and I was a lot younger then, I was going, and my brain's going, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, what do I say? What do, you know, that was my inside voice. I always talk yeah. about an inside voice versus yeah. your outside voice. <laughs> so my inside voice was going, oh, shit, shit, What do I say? What do I say? And, you know, there's the power of the pregnant pause. Mm-hmm. So say nothing. Yeah. And what happens is you step back. People can't help themselves. They will fill the gap. Yeah. And because I said nothing, even though inside I was panicking, yeah. that was where I really learnt the power of not speaking. And he said to me, you know what? I said, what? He goes, I've had other shit days. I go, yeah. He goes, and I've got through them. I go, of course you have. He goes, yeah. I'm gonna get through this. I went, absolutely you're gonna get through this. And zoom, we were straight back up to the other side of the yeah, cliff. Amazing. So so cool. Does that make so if we we just need to get our ego out of the way yep. and just be there for people and sit in that pain with them, and it's actually human nature. 90% of the time, it's human nature that they will get back up again mm. as long as they feel a connection and supported.
0: It. It's very interesting what you said about the pregnancy pause because, again, diary of a CEO. And I can't remember her name, <laughs> which is really annoying because um, it was a really good podcast. I'll have to let Pete know. Um, but she was saying, she goes, Oh, well, I do the five second rule, which okay. is she'll go. Fine, cool. And then go from there. Now again, she was saying she's now utilized that in if somebody was aggressive towards her or anything like that. It's yeah. kind of like that and I've been using that for my temper, which I should have done before I punched the door. But
1: <laughs> you know, it's actually um so I did speech and drama for lots of years at school. So they call it a pregnancy pause. It's something that you use for dramatic effect on stage. So that's yeah. where I originally learnt it. Yeah. But then when I um, was in sales, you actually use it to determine what the true um, barrier is in people moving forward in purchasing something. Mm. So if you shut up, they can't help but fill in the gap and they'll tell you. So Mm. it's funny how in three different roles and different industries the same thing is has a positive impact
0: absolutely that's probably why mum is terrible at sales because she doesn't (laughs) shut up um i'm joking
1: that's can also be because people feel and when you're when you're a rookie you know when you're new and all of those your nerves and your ego goes holy shit holy shit holy shit they're not talking maybe i haven't said enough whereas if you just step back and just let it what happens is then their true you know, reason that they're going, they'll actually come and go. Yeah, I'm not sure if that car will fit in my garage. Or, yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever yeah. it actually is, and then you can actually address. Yeah, interesting.
0: Arthur, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Arthur does other sales, um, and Lani actually, you should both be listening. We're all salespeople, right? That's what I got told in my Do first you know job. What? I'm still in sales.
1: I'm just selling people their true potential. Yeah. So you know, I think. And people go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a sales, but you know, like it's a dirty word, you know, yeah. and I'm like, hello, I, I've got four children, I sold the concept of vegetables, yeah. <laughs> healthy eating, hello, we're all doing it. Yeah. And even when you get into a relationship, you're selling the features and benefits of you as a partner. Absolutely. So when people go, I'm not in sales yet, you, uh, you are.
0: Yeah, every single day.
1: Every single day. And yeah. if you just own that and learn those skills, then... You'd be amazed at how much.
0: Very, very interesting. All right. I don't know how we're doing for time, but I'm <laughs> guessing this may be a good point to go into the next segment and then maybe we'll finish off on that one and then do part two. So I'm not saying future goals anymore. Okay. I've decided and the five-year plan. I don't oh, like... Oh, God. I know. I was like, oh, that's so cheesy and naff. And I've been listening back to the other podcasts and I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't do that. So <laughs> what... Um, (laughs) what's your goal for five years now? It's more, what would you like to see next happen for yourself as Prue? Yeah. And also savvy style training as well. So it could just be, yeah, I want to do something tomorrow, for example, or whatever. Just what you kind of see as the next kind of step for yourself as well. And obviously we need to discuss your cakes and <laughs> the the treats which you brought in for me as well, which nobody will be getting okay. a hold of. I've decided I'm going to eat them all myself, Good which to is know. fantastic. Good to know. And it's great, mum won't even listen to this before I eat them, so it's <laughs> no, great. No, I
1: before you I know, go. I'm like, yes. <laughs>
0: so, superb, but yeah.
1: Um, do you know, so when I think about savvy style and training, it's funny, when I first started it nine years ago, I actually volunteered to run it for free for a, um, a food bank um, and a charity up in Logan who had been really kind to my dad when he had cancer. Yeah. Um, so I volunteered to run it for free for them and it has actually taken on a life of its own. Hmm. I've been involved in a few pilot programs you know it's We've won awards, yeah. you know, We've just been published in a magazine that goes for, which is all about youth work and so forth. So it's sort of like the dream that I dream for my business is actually probably not as big as what has already happened. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So,
1: you know, for me, I just continue to move forward that I want to impact as many people's lives in a positive way as I can. And I think that, you know, the universe just kind of makes that yeah, happen. Yeah, that's cool. That's so good. So, cool.
0: Good answer, yeah. <laughs> Good answer. That's a very good answer. That's cool. And for yourself?
1: Uh, for me, it's, which I suppose still comes, uh, so two parts. I'm um, renovating uh, my house in my spare time. Yep. Because you've
0: got loads of that. I know, you know, I know. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And the goal is to um, buy a holiday home. With Love equity, it. so sure. I'm not going to sell, but yeah, yeah um, to increase the equity so then we can. Um, so yeah, and then probably on the savvy is to facilitate a pathway where I can um, reach more people that's not as physically. Yeah. I don't have to physically be everywhere so that I and don't get me wrong I'm never going to get rid of the face-to-face because I love it I love reading the room it tells me what's working and what's not working so you know my groups teach me just as much as I teach them Um, but to be able to reach more people which obviously needs to move into an online version.
0: I still think you need And I know somebody else already done this, which again was a Stephen Bartlett podcast. Um, But like the, I think they were saying they've had over 3 billion views on their TikToks, but around mental health. So she just does like a Oh, I think I listened to that one. And I was just
1: listening to one, which is from the mentor, so Mark Boris, where um, on TikTok, the guy is, it's a chiropractor.
0: Yeah, it's crazy but they put the microphones next to their back and go, I know. <laughs> and it's like, I love listening cool. to that. I, I love it. Nile's
1: on a blackboard to me. Yeah, no, I'm
0: weird with that stuff though. Yeah. It's like, same as the pimple popper. It's like, that stuff sends me to sleep. I'm like, ah, that's nice. That's relaxing. That's just weird. I know it's weird. When I fir- <laughs> So when I first met Lani, right? Yes. Um, this was obviously a couple of months after we'd started dating, but she stayed over at my place and I kind of like rolled over. And she noticed I was on my phone and she's like, um, what are you watching? And I was watching the pimple popper because oh, I went no, I... through about three months where I couldn't fall asleep yeah. unless I watched a video, right? So her whole like playlist, the pimple popper, I've watched like 10 times each, yeah. but I was like, I would lie in bed. I'd watch a video, fall asleep straight away. It was something which just triggered me to just fall asleep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know I am weird, but there you go. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but you definitely, the social, the social media. I know I said to you last time we spoke, Prue, but I think it's just something which, like we're trying to do it a lot more with the training. It's annoying because it's free content and it's such good content. Yeah. But there is a part of me which just thinks it has to get out there, like it yeah. has to. Um, and then everything else will come. Everything uh, else will it's come. It's funny, around.
1: I remember um, doing something when I first started um, these programs, with uh, another organization who I used to work with and blah, blah, blah. Um, Anyway, and I was like, I was so afraid that, oh my God, you know, I'm going to give away my content and the rest of it. And you know, now that is probably, that probably represents two minutes of my programs now compared to how heavily I focused on that one component. And it's like, so what you think now is, you know, the bee's knees of your content in five years time you'll go that is so fun exactly time. you exactly. Do know what i mean so yeah. so yeah so that i always remind myself of that when i start to feel afraid i go mm, stop that
0: well i know it, it, it's something which we spoke about when we had coffee last time as well which i always think in the back of my head because i always think that i'm like oh, what about if somebody what about if somebody copied that what about if somebody did this and you I are the, the magic exactly
1: that's what my husband says to me, you are the magic exactly. in your programs. Yeah. They can't duplicate that. And that's so exactly right. So you come with life experience and a skill set that is not going to be duplicated. So yeah. people can be good at barbering, you know, all those different elements. Mm. But it doesn't mean they're going to be you. Yeah. With your life. You know, you. one thing that strikes me about you, Gareth, is you're so passionate about personal development. Mm. You are chasing like I was back when I was really yeah. angry and all the rest of it you were chasing that and that is so inspiring you will inspire so many people so many of your students along the way I as a, so. as a positive influence <laughs> Yeah, particularly being a male in you know an industry that you know now it's trendy and hip yeah. but in the past it was it was a bit of shady yeah. you know so you know I think I think it's good i think you're doing a really good job and you are the magic just like i'm the magic in, in yeah mind. Exactly. i've i've had people try and copy the programs and yeah. then they're ringing me going oh i can't get them to engage i can't get you know blah 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 and yeah. i'm like i still help them you know yeah. because that's who i am fundamentally but you know you just need to remind yourself of that you Absolutely. are the magic
0: it is it's funny when you say you still help them because i literally had this conversation with somebody yesterday i'm like oh yeah but i still help them and they're like what what why and i'm like because that's who i am sadly I yeah, but that's do have your traits brand
1: <laughs> yeah but th- but that's your brand and that's yeah. my brand you know yeah. is you know i'm fundamentally i'm a trainer even if i didn't have a qualification exactly yeah. i can't help myself that and i think that's part of your life purpose you know is to so mine is to leave a positive imprint on the world mm. through ri- raising others up by showing them their true potential but also arming them with the skills to achieve it yeah and if that's who my brand is, even if you're in, you know, potentially trying to take my ideas or whatever, I think, you know, there's a, there's such thing as a karma bus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'll just yeah. let that go. I can't control what other people are going to do. I can only control what I focus on. And it's the same as, you know, so you are the magic and the other thing is stay in your lane. Yeah. Whatever your lane is, wherever you're going, you stay in your lane. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing because they're going to be doing
0: it different. Their life journey is different. Absolutely, I I should finish on this one, but I got told by um, one of my good friends. He goes oh, "Do you think Mac worries about what Windows does?" No, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "That's so right." And he goes, "Well, shut up and stop complaining," because yeah. he was like, "Yeah." And that that is it's a very good point, and I think exactly the same on your training, Pro. You know what we think of your training? Like, what it's just something which, again. It sets us apart from everyone else because yeah. it's what people need. Like if it was me, I would say anyone with a driver license, anyone who went to school, whatever, would have this train. And I say the same thing about first aid. Um, it's it's absolutely crazy. And hopefully it just keeps on going like the difference it has been in the last 10 years. Yeah. Hopefully that just keeps on going and going and going. Um, hopefully we don't have to go to COVID for that to happen. Yes. But yes, <laughs> but yeah. That's amazing. And the camera's gone off again. How good is that? Oh, good. I know. So it's perfect timing. So I'm like, I think that's like 50 minutes, which is perfect. Okay. So we will stop it there. Prue, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Uh, again, Thanks for having me. This okay. is like, I have a feeling there'll be plenty of parts to um, our podcast with Prue, but thank you so much. I know you are very busy. Um, one day we will put up your calendar for people because they will be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so I thought I was a busy person. And then when Prue was like, I was like, oh, can you come in and this day? Oh, no, 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 no. Look at this. And it's like cakes, training. <laughs> like, I love it. It's so cool. So yeah, yeah. yeah honestly, thank you so much, Prue. And yeah, um, I can't wait to see our students under your training. It's going to be so good. It's, um, it's amazing. And I feel there's so many more things to come, which yeah. is unreal. Thank
1: you. I'm really looking forward to it because for me, it's so um exciting and energizing to work with like-minded people. Yeah. So yeah, so thank you. Thanks Unreal. for
0: inviting me. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you for tuning in, guys, whether on Spotify, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Um, thank you for viewing, thank you for listening, and yeah, we'll um we'll be back soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you.